Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Justin, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep. deep. Diving deep into all things Texas. Both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast. And Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General, Sean McClain. Welcome, Welcome to Utopia. All right, welcome in, Utopia Football Podcast for week three. It is our preview edition, our preview episode for Texans and Bears week three. Also our preview episode of week three in general around the NFL. We're going to do a little for real or fugazi this week as well uh, on these 2-0 and and 0-2 teams. There's all these stats about if you go 2-0, and you're a playoff team in all likelihood. If you're 0-2, your season is probably over and you're not going to make the playoffs. We'll dig into those as well as we roll on with the episode here. I'm Sean Pendergast, one half of Payne and Pendergast on Sports Radio 610, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. in the mornings. Joined, as always, by the Hall of Famer. He is our senior Texans columnist at SportsRadio610.com, also part of GallerySports.com as well. John McClain. John, good afternoon. How you doing? Sean, I'm doing great. One of the reasons all those stats about 2-0 and and 0-2 lose some of their luster is it plays 17 games now. Those mm-hmm. were all taken when they were other than last year when they play a 16-game schedule. So to me, if you screw up early and you're an 0-2 team, you got an extra game to bounce back from it. No, oh, a little mulligan, right? Like golf. That's exactly what it is, a mulligan. <laughs> a mulligan, there you go. Well, it's it's interesting, John, because the game we're previewing, there's a 17th game now, as you mentioned. Coincidentally, this is the game for the Texans that is theoretically sort of the 17th game. You know, this is the game that got tacked on to their schedule. Um, the, the way the schedule works is you play the team across from you in the conference from the division you played two years ago that is in the same spot as you the previous season. They, they make it as hard as possible to figure this thing out. But anyways, the, the bottom line is this Chicago game, normally the Texans played the Bears two years ago. Normally they wouldn't play them again until 2024. This 17th game happens to be the Bears game for the Texans in Chicago this weekend. And, John, thankfully it is with the weather gorgeous, I'm told, up in Chicago this weekend. Uh, it's beautiful fall weather up there. Unlike I think the last time the Texans played there, it was in early December, if I'm not mistaken, right? December 14th, it was 34 degrees at kickoff, and the Texans got beat worse by the Bears than any team that season. Yeah, that was 36-7. to That was a brutal, brutal beating. Of course, a lot has changed with both teams, including the quarterbacks of each team. It was a, it was a Mitchell Trubisky, Deshaun Watson show. Uh, two, 
two quarterbacks from the 2017 class in their fourth year. This one will be two second-year quarterbacks from the 2021 class in their second years, Justin Fields and Davis Mills. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. John, let's lay this out how we always do. We always do the pregame six-pack. Uh, six things to watch for in the game to kind of lay out, lay this thing out preview style. You do three, I do three. And as always, you have the honors because there's only one of us on this podcast who's in the Hall of Fame, and it's you. So let's get it going, John. What is your first thing to watch for? Bears-Texans this weekend. Let me ask you, Sean, how many starters – the Texans right now started in that game in 2020. Oh boy, I'm gonna okay, Laramie Tunsil, I would say. Um, Titus Howard, I would say, right? Uh, that's all. So, Brandon, well, that was in 20. Brandon Cooks wasn't on the team, and Brandon Cooks didn't start that game in 20. No, he was on there, but for whatever reason, I looked at the starting lineups. Um, I mean, yeah, Cooks was on the team, that was his first year, and that's a good point. Uh, there were only seven players that were on the team. Yeah, that I saw seven, in there, but seven players that were even on the team in 2020, yeah, unless they were on the practice squad or injured. Still, it's <laughs> it's pretty amazing from the 53 man roster that they had at that time. Let's see, I got to look that up because I'm sure uh, I blew it on Cooks, but that well, would Cooks, be Cooks great. may have missed Cooks in in 2020. I'm going to look, but in, in 2020 cooks, um, cooks missed a game. So it might've been, that might've been the Chicago game that he missed. I'll, I'll, I'll look it up, John, but go ahead. You, uh, you, your, your point being, there has been a lot of turnover with the Houston Texans, uh, since that fateful day in Chicago in 2020. And what was the, what was the question? I forgot. Am I doing an up or a down? This is uh, John. This is a six pack, the pregame six pack. These are things to watch. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm you got sorry. us confused with. Stuff I'm still, look, I'm down. still look, I'm still looking up this game right now, and I will tell you, uh, golly, it's amazing. All the players who were in that game, everybody. I'm hoping will want to know the answer to this. Boy, I don't see Cooks in there. Maybe that was was the was the game. That he missed. Yeah, he was inactive. He he missed that game, John. He was inactive two, for that game. Two starters, the two offensive tackles. That's amazing. Wow. Okay, first thing, Sean, it's hard to believe there are two teams in the NFL that are worse than the Texans against the run, but there are. And the one that is a lot worse are the Chicago Bears. They're giving up 189 yards a game rushing. Wow. Now, that tells me the Texans should come out 
And they, if things go according to their plan, you know, they'll run 40 times, control the clock, but they're not going to give the ball to Damian Pierce 40 times. So if they give it to him, say 25, are they going to give it to Rex Burkhead 15? Because if they do, they're not going to be controlling the clock. But I would say the running game, because the biggest weakness the Bears have is the run defense. And Damian Pierce looked good on 15 carries. Now he needs a lot more. Yeah, that's a good one, John. Last week, Aaron Jones had 15 carries for 132 yards in wow. in uh, the loss to the Bears lost to Green Bay. Of course, Aaron Jones, the the Packers uh, starting tailback, 15 carries for for a uh, for a buck 32. Yeah, John, if they're not running the ball this Sunday, then I you know it's going to be it's going to be a long season anyways. But in terms of what this team has – their stated goal is to run the football. The Texans don't hide the fact that they want to run the football. Um, so I'm, I'm 100% with you. And, in fact, that leads perfectly – these teams are mirror images of each other from that standpoint, John. You mentioned it. There's only a couple teams worse than the Texans at defending the run. Well, the Texans are still 30th. <laughs> You're still close to the bottom of the league. And the Bears have been – they don't do a lot well offensively, but they actually do run the football pretty well. Last week against the Packers – uh, David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert combined for 160 yards on just 19 carries. And that's a game, John, if you think about it, they were getting no help from their quarterback. Justin Fields is terrible. I'm sure we're going to talk about him at some point, either directly or as part of one of these bullet points. Um, they were getting no help from him. And they were behind for most of that game, at times significantly, and they were still running the football fairly decently in that game. The Texans have not been good. They've not been good tackling, John. I guess I'll combine this sort of thing to watch with Bears running game with the Texans inability to tackle. They lead the league right now with 30 missed tackles through two games. That's, as you would like to say, pathetic. So, um, so that's my first thing to watch sort of the mirror image of what you just brought up. You know, the Texans, you brought up the Texans ability to run the football. I'm bringing up the Texans inability that needs to become an ability to defend the run in this game. By the way, they will get two opportunities against the next-to-worst run defense in the NFL right now, and that's Tennessee Titans. Yeah. And the Texans are only better than the Bears and the Titans. Mine is the secondary, specifically Derek Stingley Jr. bouncing back from the performance at Denver where they picked on him with Cortland Sutton. He made some good plays, but he gave up some big plays, two penalties. I look for him to bounce back. I would imagine the Bears are going to put Darnett Mooney on him. Mooney had a big game in 2020. Right now, Justin Fields has completed 15 passes. That Total. is the fewest in the NFL by 13. Yeah. And maybe they'll come out and try to run the ball, but what they'll have to be aware of, of course, is him take off and running because unlike Davis Mills, he, he's a really – good runner, but he's off to a bad start, even though he threw two touchdown passes in the second half of the first game and they beat the 49ers. You know, Texans haven't beaten anybody but themselves. But I would think the pass rush has got to keep containment. Watching the t the, the games a couple of times, Jonathan Grenard and Jerry Hughes would charge up the field, get caught inside and guys would run outside of them. They got to be more disciplined in setting the edge to make sure Fields doesn't take off. But I think the secondary, led by Stingley, needs to bounce back big time. And this is a good opportunity to do it. Yeah, it's almost like you're cheating off my notes. From um, I, I'm doing Texans extra points this week, John, with uh, Drew Doherty on TV. 
And one of my keys to the game is what you just said, keeping fields in the pocket, because that's if, if he escapes the pocket, that's the only way he can hurt you. He can't hurt you with his arm. They don't let him. He's only thrown 28 passes all year. Stingley is my player to watch in this game, which sounds weird because it's a game where these two teams are both going to be probably trying to run the ball 40 times a piece. But Stingley has been up and down so far these first couple games. Mooney is a nice receiver, but he's not Cortland Sutton. You know, he's he's not he's not Cortland Sutton. He's you know, he's he's a good receiver. He's not a great receiver. Stingley's got the potential to be a great cornerback. And if the Texans run defense can keep fields in down in distance situations where it's obvious passing downs, he's thrown three interceptions in 28 pass attempts so far. Um, uh, fields has, which is horrible, obviously. Um, he's 10% of the plays that he's run, John, have been turnover-worthy plays in the passing game, um, which to, to for basis of comparison, Davis Mills is like barely over 1% turnover-worthy plays. Um, so so I'm with you. I think the, the corners, specifically Stingley, is is definitely uh, absolutely one to uh, one to watch. I'm going to go with my next one. We're doing the- Hold on. Yeah. I just thought of another one. Yeah. Bills' passes have been off target a higher percentage of any quarterback in the NFL through two games. 28.9% of his passes have been off target, so that bodes well for what we were just talking about. Oh, my God. 28.9%. Yikes. And that, that's not incomplete. That's off target. Like that, Off that's, target. Yeah, that's off target. So that's like not even in the same neighborhood. Yeah, he's these two quarterbacks, man. Like one of the, they both have completion percentages below sixty percent. John, if this game plays out the way we think it should play out, you know, these two teams trying to run the ball, the thing might be over by two thirty. <laughs> you know, like it's it, it, it could be a fast moving game. <laughs> Good. Yeah, yeah. So, um, my next one, we're uh, this is my second one for the pregame six pack is to keep Davis Mills clean. Keep Davis Mills, keep pressure off of Davis Mills. And, John, I think there's been a distinct turning point in the season, which was the actual turning point in the Colts game. If you look at Davis Mills' numbers before he got that strip sack, before he got hit and turned the ball over and really kind of swung that game because the Colts had a short field and time to come back from a 17-point deficit. I think it was only 14 at that, at that point in the game. Before that play, before that strip sack fumble in the Colts game, Davis Mills was was passing the ball at about 113 passer rating clip. Two touchdowns, completion percentage of about 70%. He was humming. The rest of that afternoon, fourth quarter and overtime, and then the entirety of the Denver game, he's been passing at about a 60 and change passer rating, which is bottom barrel. I mean, that's, that's practice squad level guy. Um, and a lot of that is due to him not – handling pressure very well. Um, his passer rating with a clean pocket has been 88.3 this year, which is not great. It's not great, but it far exceeds his passer rating under pressure, which is 55.3, which is abysmal. Um, look, I'd like for him to throw the ball better with pressure in his face. And actually early in that Colts game, he did a few times. That's why I think that strip sack really affected him because he did take big hits early in that game and still delivered the ball on time. Um, but if he's going to be this under pressure, then at this juncture, until he gets better at it, you got no choice but to keep him clean. And the Bears actually do rush the passer pretty well. They've got Robert Quinn. Um, they've got uh, Travis Gibson, who had a couple sacks last week against the Packers. So they get after the passer pretty decently 
So I think the pressures on Laramie Tunsil and Titus, really the whole offensive line, but particularly Tunsil and Howard Tunsil, especially because he's protecting that blind side. We can't have any of those blind side hits like he had in the Colts game, like they let up. So that's my second thing to watch is um, keeping Mills clean, keeping him in a clean pocket. How about Tunsil and Howard don't commit any penalties? Yeah, that'd, that'd be nice. Be nice. Remember Mills ran 16 yards down the nine yard line. Tunsil got penalized. Boom. There went the touchdown. Um, my third one, Sean is the wide receivers. Brandon cooks dropped the touchdown pass. He should have caught it. A lot of people saying, well, it was off target. It was, he's an NFL receiver. He should have caught it. Lovey Smith said he should have caught it. When I went back and watched it and ran the plays over and over, I would see receivers who are covered a lot of the times and Mills is trying to make pinpoint passes where if his guy can't get it, nobody can get it. And like with Nico Collins, sometimes throw it up there and let him fight for it. We saw that in training camp where he jumped and came down with balls with people all over him. But I think that he needs to get in sync with his receivers and his receivers got to get some separation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I guess I'll combine my third one with the one you just said, John, which is um, I'll add the tight ends to that. We've not seen much out of the tight ends so far. This might be a game where the tight ends get involved, especially if the Texans are trying to run the football. My guess is they're going to come out in some heavy sets, right? Probably a lot of two tight end stuff if they're lining up and trying to run the football. So that sets up if you actually are running the football, you might be able to run some play action stuff off of that and get Brevin Jordan in space. We haven't seen him yet this year get in space. I think he's only caught two balls so far this year, and they were both like of the five to eight yard variety, you know, just little little dump passes. Um, I'd like to see them. I've heard so much about it, and we saw some of it in training camp, and all the experts out there think it's a he's a breakout candidate. He's got two catches so far. So I think maybe this game, if they're able to establish the run, and they're in some run heavy, you know, heavy set double tight end formations where maybe they got Pharaoh Brown and Brevin Jordan out there, OJ Howard mixed in, whoever it is. Um, I'd like to see the tight ends more involved. This feels like a game where they can get the tight ends um, a little bit, a little bit more involved. And Roquan Smith has not had a good season so far for the Bears, these first couple of games. So maybe there's something they can do about attacking the middle of the field. So I, I'm kind of, my third one is kind of a is kind of an addendum to yours because you're talking about Cooks, but I, I would throw the tight ends in there as well. Yeah, I'm talking about all the receivers, Nico yeah. Collins as well. Yeah. Uh, now, I think Brevin Jordan suffered an ankle injury, mm-hmm. and uh, and I don't know if he's going to play. I don't know if he's full speed. I don't like the fact they play multiple tight ends when they don't have a tight end. And, uh, <laughs> you know, let it spread yeah. out spread out the defense and let Damian Pierce run. Don't go in there and play with multiple tight ends and think they're going to knock people off the ball because they don't, because they can't. Yeah. I I would rather see Pierce get the ball against a defensive spread out Mm because he makes quick moves and he can accelerate and, of course, he can break some tackles. But the odds are, whatever they do, it's not going to work. Uh, well, that's those are the odds, right, John? Not much they've tried the last couple of years has worked. Yeah, I, I'm that's with you. Truth. I'm with you. Like I just even watching that game on Sunday against Denver, we were watching it. Every time they'd spread out, we're like, "Yes, this is what you need to do." And then they they bring in these, you know, they they bring in heavier formations. And I, I'm with you. I'm just trying to. I'm basing what to watch for on what I think is going to happen, not what I think should happen. I'm in complete agreement with you that Damian Pierce would be a more effective runner if they just 
spread it out four wide and do it from there. And who knows, maybe this offensive line might be more effective blocking that way too. While I'm thinking about it, you can be heard on extra points on Saturday night at 1030 on channel 13. Thank you, John. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's uh channel 13 following whatever the big college football game is that, uh, that night. So yeah, uh, that'll be, uh, that'll be a lot of fun. We should mention here as well. Um, H-O-U mailbag at gmail.com. We do a mailbag episode. If you missed it, it was dropped yesterday. We had some really good stuff in there, mostly football, but a few little uh, off to the side type topics as well. Jalen Petrie kind of inspired some of them by living at home with his parents, I'll say. Um, So you can uh, can hear the mailbag episode on Wednesdays each week, and you can email your questions to H-O-U mailbag at gmail.com. We thank everybody who's been sending in questions on that. So John, I think we got our six. I think we got our six things. What's your prediction for what happens before we get to for real or Fugazi? I know you're going to pick the bears. I'm going to pick the Texans lose to the bears, uh, 20 to 17. No, I'm picking the Texans. That's what you meant to say. Yeah. Did I say you're picking a bear? Yeah. Yeah. And that's oh, why yeah, I, no, that's no, why I squinted at you. Texans. I'm like, yeah, I'm picking the Texans and I, I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me straighten that out. My dryer's going off. I'm picking the Bears to win 20 to 17. 20 to 17. I got Texans 17, Bears 16. So you and I see the same type of game here, which is low, low scoring. scoring and boring. Low scoring, boring, and uh, probably a lot of tra- uh, trials and tribulations and, a lot and trauma snoring. in the red oh. zone. Yeah. <laughs> that's low right. scoring, boring with a lot of snoring. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I All right. Tweet that. So, there, yeah, write that down, John. That's good. Uh, so John 20 to 17 bears over Texans. I've got 17 for the Texans, 16 bears, passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, led headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Um, all right, John, we haven't done a for real or Fugazi for a while, and this is a great week to do it because two weeks into the season, everybody likes to form opinions on things, and it's always fun to go back and look at the end of the season, what we were just so fired up about, either good or bad, early in the season. Right now, there's five 2-0 and teams, there's five 0-2 teams, and of course, as we know here in Houston, there's two 0-1-1 teams. Um, so I thought we could go through the undefeateds and the winless and we can do this for real or Fugazi style. If Is their record right now indicative of what type of team they're going to be in December and January this season? So you ready, John? Rapid I'm fire? I'm ready. These? All right. Always so, ready. So let's rapid fire these here. Let's start in the AFC with the uh, the 2-0 and teams in the AFC. The, <laughs> the Buffalo Bills, for real or Fugazi? Fugazi. No, Fugazi oh, means they're phony, John. You just I wanted know, to I say wanted Fugazi. I wanted to get you off guard, for real. Of course, for real. <laughs> For real. Yeah, John, how for real are they? Are they deserving of this clear cut out in front of everybody? Number one, I know that on the scoreboard they are. They've destroyed the two teams that they've played so far. But do you think I mean, I mean, are are they the favorite out of the AFC right now for you? 
they are over Kansas City, and I would feel so bad for their fans if they get to the Super Bowl and they lose another one. Oh, yeah, no kidding. Um, but, uh, you know, getting to the Super Bowl is not such a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, but they've been there four times, and then next time they go, I wonder if they'd like to go, if they knew they were going to lose or just don't go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, John, I'm going to the Buffalo-Kansas City game in week six. Oh, right. good. Yeah. You always pick some good ones. Yeah, yeah. Amy and I are going to that to that game in Kansas City. How many times have you been to Arrowhead? Uh, lots going back to 1980, I think was my first trip there. What's, where do you, where do you rank it? Like not exactly where, but like, is it a top five road environment for you or is it? Like no, where? no. I mean, it's great. These, the sea of red, but yeah. uh, you know, there's a lot of teams that sell out, but I wouldn't put it up there with like the experience going to Lambeau or Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, I might, you know, I might put it around five or six. Okay. I haven't been to see the Rams or Chargers, but there's there's so many, and I and I always love going to, I always love going to Cleveland, mm-hmm. and because even in the old stadium, I just maybe it's because I've been going there so long, along with Pittsburgh, I love going to those. Not just both of them have new stadiums, just the experience of going to a stadium in downtown Pittsburgh and Cleveland when the weather's bad so much of the time, and I I. I think what's happened in New England, uh, New England has the best music of any stadium that I've been to in the NFL. And then, of course, they always won. I love games in snow mm-hmm. and always thought, not always, but but once they got good in 2001, that's been an incredible experience to go to Foxborough. And you've been to plenty of those because it feels like the Texans up until last year played them every single year. That's the truth. Is what it feels like. Uh, all right, let's keep it moving. So Buffalo for real, obviously. Kansas City, let's just get this out of the way. For real or Fugazi, Kansas City? Oh, they're for real, of course. For for real, but there were a lot of people that were kind of interested to see how this was going to look without Tyreek Hill. And it looks like so far so good with them replacing Tyreek Hill by committee so far, you know, these two games, right? Yeah, I always said if Randy Andy Reid's there and Patrick Mahomes are there, doesn't matter who plays receiver. I agree. You know, they're going to be great. Here's an interesting one, John, to close out the AFC 2-0. The Miami Dolphins, who um, – They won in week one over New England. That was good. For most of Sunday, they were getting dominated until they weren't in the fourth quarter. Miami's 2-0. For real or Fugazi? I'm going to say Fugazi because Mm. Tua Tagovailoa has been hurt every year he's been in football. You hope he stays healthy. Not sure about their running game. People are going to start playing two and three deep coverage against them all the time. Ravens did some terribly blown coverages. So I want to see more. You know, the Bills could bring them back down to earth, but man, oh man, Sean, if they play the Bills close or win and beat them, we're going to have to consider them as a Super Bowl contender. I, I would guess, yeah, with the rookie head coach and with uh, with uh, rookie head coach and with Tua kind of uh, at this crossroads season, it's, they're, they're a very interesting team. There's no doubt about that. All right, for real or Fugazi? That's what we're going through here. Are these 2-0 and o teams for real, or are they phony? Or as we like to say on this show, Fugazi. The Philadelphia Eagles are 2-0, and o, John. For real or Fugazi? For real. They've, they've got it all together. They run great. They led the NFL in rushing last year. They're off to a great start. Jalen Hurts has improved each year, and they've got a really good offensive line. They've got receivers now. Their defense has improved, so I think they're going to win the NFC East handily. I don't think they're going to the 
to the Super Bowl, but with that kind of running game, especially when the weather gets bad, they're capable, capable, Sean, of beating any team in the NFC. John, a subset for real or Fugazi, Jalen Hurts as an MVP candidate this year, for real or Fugazi? Uh, Fugazi, I don't think he's going to be a candidate this year. There's okay. too many bigger names than him that are playing great. Like uh, the, the favorite, of course, is Josh Allen with Patrick Mahomes close behind. And right now, two games in, you put Tua Tungavailoa in there. Isn't it interesting, John, the two kids who were at Alabama together, uh, Jalen Hurts, the starter, and two of the backup. And if you recall in that national championship game, Tua had to come in and, and throw the winning pass in overtime. I forget what year it was. Um, but now they're the two most rapidly ascending MVP candidates up the board. Allen, you're right. Allen and Mahomes are the two favorites. But the two guys that have made the biggest jump since the start of the season up the board are Jalen Hurts and Tua Tungavailoa. It's really it's remarkable. All right, last 2-0 and team, John. New York Giants are 2-0. and They beat Tennessee in week one. Uh, by a point, they beat Carolina late in that game on a, by a field goal. New York Giants 2-0. For real or Fugazi? Fugazi. No way the Giants are real. Give me a break. Well, okay. so, but what do you think they are at this? I, don't, I know you don't have their schedule in front of you, John, but are they a, are they a 500 team? Are they like an 8-9 team? Or are they a team? I mean, look, they, Tennessee might be a bad team. Like that, that win against Tennessee in week one might – wind up being not as impressive as it looked on the road in week one and beating Carolina. I don't know how impressive that is beating them by a field goal at home Are the giant. I mean, the giants were picking in the top five or top seven last year in the draft. Are they that level or are they like middle of the pack to you? I could see them finishing uh, third or fourth in the NFC East. I'd yeah. love to see them finish second and third if the Cowboys were last, but I just don't see it. Titans are, not good right now. Not good at all. Yeah. All right. Let's get to the O and two, and then we'll get to the O one and ones because those are the ones that uh, include actual local flavor. All right. The O and two team. The O and two teams are far more interesting to me than the two and O teams. Las Vegas is O and two, and again, for real means you think that they're going to be um, a team that misses the playoffs by the end of the year, or uh, for real means yeah, O and two. <laughs> 0-2, John, is their 0-2 record for real? Is this what they are for the rest of the year? Is it Fugazi? Are the Raiders going to get this thing back on track? If they're going to get it back on track. That means they're Fugazi. Or is 0-2 for real or Fugazi for the Raiders? Fugazi. They're going to beat the Titans for their first victory. They've lost two games in which they could have won. They're going to bounce back. Okay, yeah. I hope that's the case because there's a scenario we're going to go through before the end of the show where the Texans wind up in first place at the end of this weekend. Cincinnati Bengals are the defending AFC champs, John. They've started out the next season, as happens a lot with teams that go to the Super Bowl. There's typically one that kind of goes a little sideways the next season. Is 0-2 for Cincinnati, are they for real a bad team, or are they Fugazi? Fugazi. There's no way they're going to keep being this bad. I don't think they're going to the playoffs, but they're not an 0-2 team. And one of the reasons is coaching. they got to start having Joe Burrow take three steps, get rid of the ball, don't let him drop back and hold it all day, and get killed. Yeah. And especially, John, considering he's probably in line to get that big contract after the year, assuming he has a good season this year. the, the way, He gets beat up worse than Lamar Jackson. I'd be more worried about Joe Burrow getting beat up in the pocket than I would Lamar Jackson running around like he does right now. Well, he doesn't have that mobility. He doesn't have that the instincts for running and finding the rush. And that's pretty obvious when he keeps getting uh, obliterated. Yeah, he's got to get rid of the football, too. Some of that's on him. Uh, the, the line's not good. You're right. But some of that's on him. All right, John, this is a big one. 
Tennessee is 0-2, and they just got blistered on Monday Night Football by the Buffalo Bills, are the 0-2 Tennessee Titans as a team that is bad for real, or are they going to turn it around fugazi? I think they're for real. I think they're going to be – I don't think bad like the Texans. I think they're going to be mediocre, win seven or eight games, but yeah. I don't see them now – getting the home field advantage in AFC for the second year in a row. They just got too many issues on both sides of the ball. All right. So you think that oh, the, them being winless is a little fugazi for the tight. Do you think Malik Willis takes over at some point this year for Ryan Tannehill? I do. And they'll be throwing in the towel on the season because he's not ready to play, but I think it'll be down the road. But right now, Ryan Tannehill is playing the way he did at the end of last year when he was off. Okay. The, the Texans play the Titans in week eight at home, I believe. And then they're at Tennessee. I think week 17, one of the last three, either week 16, 17, or 18, towards the end of the year. So you think Willis, is Willis the starter by week eight? Uh, I don't think so by week eight. But, but by week think, 17. Yeah I, yeah, I think you will be way before that. Yeah. Um, all right, the last two 0-2 teams. Carolina is 0-2 right now. They've lost a couple close ones. Are they for real a bad team, or are they Fugazi a bad team? For real, a bad team. <laughs> They're at the bottom. They're lower than the Texans in the power rankings right now. If, if I'm Nebraska, I don't hire my coach till I find out what happens to Matt Rule because mm. Matt Rule has turned around two college programs and done a fabulous job. And it seems to me like he's going to be back in college football. He might take a year off and kind of have his choice of jobs. But, man, if you're changing coaches in college football, you couldn't do better than Matt Rule and you could look it up. Yeah. Oh, that, no, that's in, as you know, John, as you know, firsthand, Sikkim, right? Sikkim. Yep. Um, boy, that's an interesting name for Nebraska. Matt Rule, I'd not thought of that. All right. Last one, John, of the 0 and 2, the Atlanta Falcons, a plucky 0 and 2. I think a surprisingly plucky 0 and 2 so far with a couple of, couple of close loss to New Orleans at home in week one and then uh, a loss to the Rams this past weekend where they were almost the fourth big comeback of the day that day. They came back from 28-3, had a chance to to go ahead in that game, and they turned the ball over. Jalen Ramsey just made a crazy, crazy interception. But they're not a good team, Atlanta, but I'll let you give your opinion on it here. Are they for real, Atlanta, a bad team at 0-2, or are they a Fugazi bad team? You keep being plucky, then you're going to be sucky. And so <laughs> they're for real. They're not any good at all. They're t- going to be terrible. We we need a T-shirt that says that. You keep being plucky on the front, and then you get sucky on the back with a big picture of John McClain behind it. All right, John, the two 0-1-1 teams are the Indianapolis Colts at 0-1-1. Are they for real a bad team, or are they Fugazi a bad team? For real, you can't tra- trail the Texans 23 in the fourth quarter, and you can't get shut out 24-0 with uh, – in by Jacksonville, seven years in a row. you just sucky. John, who's winning the AFC South then? Because you just said Tennessee is probably a mediocre team that wins seven or eight games. Duval County. You, you, so you're taking – you. so as of week two, you are – whatever your prediction was, was before the season, which I don't remember what it was, but I know it wasn't Jacksonville. You are revising your prediction. The Jacksonville Jaguars, as of two weeks into the season, you say they are winning the AFC South. I picked Tennessee, then I picked Indy, now I'm picking Jacksonville. <laughs> okay. I will not pick the Texans. Okay. Um, John, 
Just know that if the Texans beat the Bears this weekend and those other three teams lose, Indy, Tennessee, and Jacksonville, and they're all underdogs this weekend, you know who's in first place three weeks into the season. I do. Football time in Houston. That's who. And then, and then it would they would control their own destiny. Yes. They could win, win the rest of their games. <laughs> yes. They could win the division. Then they could get home field advantage in AFC and then compete with Buffalo for the Super Bowl. I just want them, I just want, I want them to win this weekend so that when they're in first place next next week and I ask you in for real or Fugazi who's winning the AFC South, you can close it out and have predicted all four teams to have won it before we even get to October. <laughs> <laughs> It'll take more than them beating the Bears for me to pick the Texan to win the AFC side. Right, I think I know what the answer is. Like, just to close it out, since I haven't asked you, and I love hearing you say for real or Fugazi, I know this one probably won't be a Fugazi, unfortunately. The Texans are 0-1-1. Are they for real a bad team or Fugazi a bad team? For real. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. Gosh darn you it. You and I picked them to win six games based on what we've seen at Davis Mills who's been averaging the first game and a huge yeah. disappointment in the second one, and that they've been shut out in the fourth quarter. Yeah. You know, they don't look like a team's going to win six games. Now, no. If they beat the Bears, they're not – well, I say they're not going to beat the Chargers or next. Yeah. They beat the Chargers there last year. Odds are against them. Then they have that big first-place battle with the Jaguars. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Duking it out for first place. In the, I mean, we're laughing about it. My, I'm going to scout my tickets. We're <laughs> make make thousands and thousands of dollars. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You are a soldier of fortune, John McClain. All right, so um, so that's uh, that's that on for real or fugazi. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. John, as far as just real quick, as far as games go this weekend that are that are um, that are big games, I think the, the early game that a lot of people have circled. Two of the teams we just talked about, Bills are traveling to Miami to take on the Dolphins. The Bills are still almost a touchdown favorite on the road against the Dolphins, which plays directly into what you just said. Uh, the Bills for real, the Dolphins probably fugazi. But um, that's that. What are you expecting in that one? That boy, that uh, that could be a spot for the Dolphins where you know they. They're hearing all the press clippings now all week long, and the Bills might be a big, big vat of truth serum for them coming in. I think it'll be – I hope it'll be high-scoring and exciting like they played their games, and I hope it's close because the Bills have won by double digits a bunch of games in a row. Yeah, a ton. May, maybe they will uh, not be as, as great against Miami, but the Dolphins have come out of nowhere. I want to see – Tua Tungvaluwa played some really good games in a row before we anoint him. It wouldn't surprise me if the Bills win by 10 or more, as they have been with these other teams. It's interesting, John. There's a ton of one-in-one teams so far. Um, you know, just look at early game. The Lions and the Vikings is one of the early games. The Vikings got smoked on Monday night, and the Lions feel like, you know, they just had a big win over Washington, and we are we get to watch Dan Campbell celebrate in the locker room again and all this other stuff. Uh I am very, very anxious to bet against the Detroit Lions this weekend. What say you? I wouldn't bet against the Lions. I'm, if they were to win this game, and it's a good thing for Kirk Cousins, it's not in prime time because he's 2-10. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he has a 500 record as a starter. 
with them are in his career. And maybe the Lions, they got beat by three at home by Philadelphia. They're scoring a lot. Jared Goff is passing the ball well. Swift is running the ball well. They got everything going on. And if they beat the Vikings, the fans are going to celebrate like it was 1957 again. Yeah, no, that's they're fun, man. The line, they're at the very least, they're fun. I mean, you know, they, they've got they've got some weapons there. You mentioned Swift and Amon Ross St. Brown has really been a revelation for them. Uh, among the other early games, of course, you and I are going to be watching the Texans and the Bears, but uh, other parts of the country will be getting served uh, some filet mignon. Uh, Ravens and Patriots is an interesting one, John. In New England, both of the teams one and one. The Ravens. You know, kind of that reverse of the Dolphins. Obviously, they were on the wrong end of that Dolphins game on uh, on Sunday, and now they got to travel to Foxborough to go up against um, Belichick and the Patriots. But the Ravens are favored in New England, so this is new territory for the Patriots. The last couple of years being underdogs at home. Uh, but what do you think about that? When you think the Ravens bounce back in New England? Uh, Patriots were favored at Pittsburgh, so I thought Pittsburgh was going to win that game, and Trubisky was awful. Patriots wanted it. It was close. I'm not excited about this game at all because I don't think the Patriots are going to make the playoffs. But anytime Lamar Jackson's playing, you know, you, you can't help but be excited yeah. because, he, because he's such an a, a unbelievable player. So I'm going with the Ravens, and uh, I look for them to bounce back from that loss after they beat the Jets. But right now, the other than Miami and Buffalo, the AFC doesn't have much to offer. You know, the, the biggest game of the weekend might surprise you, mm -hmm. but I know the listeners will understand this. The biggest game of the weekend is Baylor at Iowa State. Second. <laughs> That's the biggest game of the weekend, huh? That's the um, biggest. Yeah, yeah. No, there, I mean, there are some good college games this weekend, no doubt. we got the Hogs going against the Aggies this weekend, and we got uh, – we got the Longhorns going against the Red Raiders. There's uh, there's plenty to watch. Um, as far as the NFL games, there's only one other one I wanted to hit with you. Um, the Packers traveling to Tampa Bay to take on the 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 Buccaneers. Um, did I not have the Buccaneers on the list of undefeated teams? Because they're two and zero also. No, we left them off. And okay, they're for real. Yeah, they're yeah. Okay, I agree you with know, you. They've done it with defense. Brady had done squad. He's got injuries to all his receivers. It wouldn't surprise me if Aaron Rodgers doesn't play well and the Packers win. But I would never ever pick against the Bucks and Brady at home, especially with their defense playing as well as it has so far. Yeah, yeah. There, that offense has been. Uh has been uh, underwhelming, to say the sputtering, least. Sputtering. Yeah. Sputtering. Yeah, sputtering, no doubt. All right, I'm, I'm counting up these undefeateds here, and I guess, uh, all right, I guess I'm, I feel like I'm missing an 0-2 team here. I feel like my math may be a little bit off, but uh, but maybe not. Tampa Bay is 2-0. Yeah, let's see here. AFC. You got two ties. That equals a loss. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. That may, Yeah, maybe that's it. I got Tennessee 0-2, Cincinnati 0-2, Vegas 0-2, and, and then uh, – and then I've got uh, the two teams in the NFC. All right. Yeah, maybe. Maybe so. All I can right. tell you what we're not going to see this weekend is What's Bruce that? Arians on the sideline. Yeah. Bruce Arians will be in the press box where he belongs. Uh, yeah, that was the first thing I thought of when I saw that melee, John. was like, okay, what the hell is Bruce Arians doing? And if I'm Todd Bowles, I'm asking myself, what are you doing down here, old man? I, I appreciate you giving me the job and everything, but I'd appreciate it if, you know, the if the, the guy who was just the head coach eight months ago wasn't sitting down here it's awkward 
It's very, very awkward. awkward. And they said they didn't have seats in the press box, which is a bunch of BS. Get out of here. Yeah. So what is that? Yeah. You know you need protein to fuel results, but it's not easy when you're drinking the same bland chalky shake every day. Stop punishing yourself and get to GNC for the best protein in the game, including all the hottest brands and crave-worthy flavors that'll keep you coming back for more. We're talking protein that legit tastes like cookies, your favorite cereals, indulgent desserts, and more. So bust out of your protein rut and actually look forward to those shakes with unbeatable protein at unbeatable prices. Fuel your fitness with protein at GNC. Yeah. All right, John. Um, we, uh, we are done. We got, uh, our preview in our six pack. We got our for real or Fugazi. We got a little preview in of some of the other games. So we, uh, we are ready to roll. And, um, and we, and the, the Astros are kind of giving us a little bit of a lull right now, just because I feel like they're like a few games away from clinching best record in the American league real quick, John, how do you think the pitching staff gets structured for the postseason right now? If the postseason were next week, how would you want to see the pitching staff structured? After Verlander is going to be Fromber, and after Fromber is going to be McCullers, and if they need a fourth one, Akiti hadn't played well in his last two performances, but he's got a lot of experience in the playoffs and the World Series. I love seeing Hunter Brown in the pen. You know, Christian Javier is hot right now. I wouldn't, Luis Garcia, he's not going to be in the rotation. He'd be in long relief. It's a problem. Every team would love to have seven healthy starters, and they're coming off back to back shutouts at Tampa, which is trying to win a wild card berth. John, I think there's a chance that either Garcia or Urquidy could be off the roster for the first series. I, Ooh, I think it would be Garcia. I do too. I do too. But Urquidy statistically is, is he's, the, I mean, only had a good stretch there for a while where he brought his ERA down from five to like three and a half. But he, you know, the game the other night, he was really shaky. I, that, that's enough to get you knocked out with this pitching staff. You can't, you know, he, the, unless your name is Verlander, Fromber, or McCullers, and Javier, maybe. Javier's been really good this year, but definitely those three. Like those three are in the rotation. They're going to be starting, barring injury. Those are your top three. Everybody else on the staff is auditioning right now. That's how, and they're all good. You know, that's how competitive it is. I can't wait to see the offseason and what they do with all these guys. Cause if they bring Verlander back, you can't keep Hunter Brown. Like Hunter Brown, you got to put him. If he's what we think he is, it's time for him. It's going to be fascinating to see if they end up moving any of these guys, you know, if they end up trading any of them. Um, it's a great problem to have, like you said. Maybe they could get a center fielder for the first time since Springer left. By the way, I'm glad you brought the Astros. I'll be writing my first Astros column on gallerysports.com for Thursday, and I have one right now up about Lovey Smith going back to to Chicago and trying to avoid getting beat like he did when he was with Tampa. Uh, the year after, after he was fired in 2012, he went to Tampa in 14, and he went back to Chicago for his homecoming. They got beat, and guess who his quarterback was in that game? Who? I think you've heard of him. His name is McCown. Oh, oh, oh yeah. The circle of life. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is amazing. All right. Well, then, uh, so, John, you got that at gallerysports.com. Of course, you've got all kinds of stuff up at sportsradio610.com, right? Uh, I do. And uh, I have a column up there right now. And also, uh, after the game, uh, before you and I do our podcast, I'll have my extensive report card. Excellent. Sportsradio610.com. I love this new report card, John, where you can kind of stretch your legs and sit there and veer through the HOV lane and across the highway and whatnot. You're not constricted. This is fun. 
I'd like to do just one straight line one time where you didn't have to weave in and out with bad grades. I haven't, I haven't given an F minus yet because when you tie and you only give up one touchdown, lose by seven, I don't think anybody deserves an F minus. John, it's got to be like holding in a sneeze for you to not give out an F minus. So well, if they sure. lose to Chicago and you're wrong, there's going to be some F minuses, and you may you may get the first one. And it would be deserved. I would take it and wear it like a badge of honor, John. An F F minus from John McClain. It's like a hickey from Kanicki, John. (laughs) You wear it proud. All right. Uh, So we are done. Big thanks to Figgy Fig for producing and editing this masterpiece, as he always does. And um, we appreciate all of you downloading, sharing, subscribing, giving us a five-star review. Um, We always appreciate that. John, I enjoyed it as always. John, I'll see you on Extra Points on Channel 13, Saturday night at 10.30. Thank you, John. I appreciate that and uh, appreciate all of you uh, tuning in. I'm Sean Pendergast. He's John McClain. We are out of time. Uh, The next episode will drop following the Sunday game. It will drop Monday morning following the Bears and the Texans. We appreciate all of you downloading and listening. We will see you. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the games, and we'll see you next week.